0: and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Matt McWilliams. Our guest today is a four-time Affiliate Manager of the Year. Entrepreneurs and companies such as Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, Stu McLaren, Adidas, Ryan Levesque, Lewis Howes, Shutterfly, Michael Hyatt, and Jeff Walker, all household names in entrepreneurial circles, have trusted Matt McWilliams to run their affiliate programs and coach their affiliate teams. He helps online business owners make money as an affiliate and leverage the power of affiliate partners to grow their own business. He is also the host of the Affiliate Guy podcast. Welcome to the show, Matt.
1: Hey, Flavia. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Always great to have and speak with you. I mean, you are a legend in your industry. You definitely are on the tip of everyone's tongue when it comes to affiliates. But there are people listening today who probably have no idea what an affiliate, you know, marketing campaign is or what affiliate marketing might be. So give us the 101 lowdown on what is this field of affiliate marketing and affiliate sales.
1: Yeah. So at its core, affiliate marketing, I mean it's been around. Gosh. For a thousand years, you know, two thousand, three thousand years. This is something I write about in my book. Uh, just the uh, the idea of so the book is called "Turn Your Passions into Profits," right? And the idea is to be able to take this business, this idea that you're passionate about, and actually turn it into a profitable business. The biggest problem for people is they don't know how to do that. They think that you know I have to start creating a product. Well, the problem is your audience, give you me know, you know what your audience wants. You don't know what kind of product they want. What are they going to buy? What price points are they going to buy at? How do you even sell? You probably suck at selling. No offense, but you probably suck at selling because you just don't know how. It's just like, I, I suck at soccer because I didn't grow up playing soccer and I'm learning. The second option that people go with a lot of times, I know you've seen this, Flavia, is they give away content indefinitely. It's just free, 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 free content. The thing is, it does not serve your audience not to monetize. And so where we come in is teaching them that, you know, the thing I love about affiliate marketing is, is affiliate marketing bridges the gap between having nothing to sell and selling nothing at all. You know, I mentioned the free content stuff. Like we're going to give away over 340 hours of free content in 2022. That's almost an hour a day. Podcasts, blog posts, videos, webinars, other lessons, no charge whatsoever. I am not saying you have to give away that much. Creating value for free is a great way to attract followers. It's a great way to serve people who maybe can't afford your stuff. But you have to be in that money-making mindset in your business from day one. Not when you've reached that mythical milestone of you got this many followers or you've published this many posts. And a lot of people teach that. It just really ticks me off. So affiliate marketing steps in and says, okay, I can come in. As an affiliate, I can start monetizing immediately. I don't have to create products. I don't have to fulfill the products. I don't have to do any customer service. There's no risk. I learn how to sell. You get to practice selling online. My favorite kind of learning, PTL, paid to learn. You get paid to learn. You get paid to practice. You learn what works for your audience. So you promote these different products. You promote different price points, different sales strategies, different topics, different promo methods, and you start to learn, okay, You know, I promoted this thing and it was $500. This other thing was $50 a month and more people bought the $50 a month thing. And not only that, but I made more money. Maybe that means that the product you need to create is not a product at all, but a membership. I don't know, but you'll learn those things. It trains your audience to buy. It serves your audience by filling in those gaps in in what products you offer. But it is absolutely the best way to start off monetizing, uh, not to mention adding other revenue streams. But at its core, really, it is... It is simply promoting someone else's product and earning a commission for it. And like I said, it's been around for probably since the Romans were ruling the world thousands of years ago. You had some Roman dude walk into a deli and introduce the deli owner to, to Joe and Joe bought a sandwich and the deli owner said, I owe you one. You know, that's affiliate marketing at its core.
0: So yeah, this isn't something new, right? No. I mean, right. This has been around forever and ever,
1: but... We just added technology to it about 30 years ago. That's all. <laughs>
0: and the media aspect, you know, and the way that we... Are, you know, an ordinary person can have such a greater reach today and be, you know, an influencer and people follow and mm-hmm. listen to advice. And so I think it is important to know that this is not new, <laughs> but yeah. it is something that everyone should incorporate because it's not even, hey, if you don't have your own product, why don't you help promote and sell other people's products? But there are people who have their own amazing successful products that are selling every day who also do affiliate sales.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I said, and, and kind of the last point there, it it fills in those gaps. I talk about one of the concepts I talk about is what I call the affiliate donut. So if you think about a donut, uh, if you're if you're if you're, if you're I listening,
0: I didn't have lunch yet, so <laughs> I
1: was going to say it, where you're at. Like if you're listening to this right before lunch, like this might be a bad example. Uh, we'll probably use a few food analogies today if you can get where my mind's at. But you know this affiliate donut. So you think of the whole. That's like your core offerings. So if I'm a fitness trainer, I teach two things, right? Eating right and exercising. I've got products that focus on both of those core areas of fitness. But but your audience, they also want to learn, and, and really they need to learn things like time management. Well, how do you make time to exercise? Well, you need to know that. Well, I'm not an expert on that. Stress relief, goal setting, productivity, natural medicine, things like that, right? Maybe you're not an expert on those things. You don't want to be the expert on those things. So your two options are basically say to your audience, screw you, I'm not going to help you with any of those things. Or I'm going to go find products and services and people who can help you with these things and help you in those areas. If you're a financial consultant, this is one of the examples I use in the book, you're a financial consultant, you teach people how to invest. Well, what about all the things that come before that or that are ancillary to the donut, right? The sprinkles, all the stuff on the periphery, they need to learn how to get out of debt. You don't teach them how to manage their money, how to budget. You teach them how to invest. So they need to learn how to budget. What about children? How do, how do they teach their children to get You're not going to teach that. You're not going to teach them how to get a better credit score. So you need to recommend somebody who can teach that. What about all the other things like how to start a business? You're not going to teach that, but you can have somebody else. You can promote an affiliate offer that helps them to start a business. Leadership, delegation, all these things that somebody who follows a financial services you know, expert, an investing expert, all of those people who follow that financial expert are probably interested in at least two of those other things that you could recommend that are tangential to your offerings. And so that's a great way to fill in those gaps. And it ends up serving your audience rather than just basically say, oh, you're in debt. Uh, I can't help you there. I can teach you how to invest once you're out of debt. But in the meantime, you're on your own, Sparky. Like, that's, that's a terrible way to lead people.
0: So what are some of, like, the ethical issues? Because I know um, I once saw someone give a whole talk on, oh, now if you are, you know, this celebrity and you want to promote a certain brand of jeans um you'd have to make it really clear in your social media post hey i'm being paid for this promotion or this is you know i'm an affiliate and if you click on this link i'm going to get a commission so your industry's had kind of a lot of not drama legal drama luckily i don't i wouldn't there's much bigger fish to fry out there in legal drama but i think there have been some ethical issues that have come up and have been sort of resolved, and there's best practices. So, tell us a little bit about some of that from your perspective.
1: You know, it, nothing, nothing's new in this. world. like a lot of people said back in 2010, the FTC, the FTC finally realized in late 2009 that there was a thing called the internet, <laughs> and that it wasn't going anywhere. Like, I don't know if you, if you, you know, remember if you were around back then. But in the like very early 2000s, really late 90s, people called the internet a fad. And and it's fascinating to think like everything runs through the internet now. Pretty cool fad. We had the dot-com bust of 2000, I think it was, or or the late 90s, you had the dot-com bust. And so there's a lot of those misconceptions. And so the FTC came around and they said, hey, wait a minute, we have these laws on the books already that say that if you get paid to promote something, you have to disclose it, but we never applied it to the internet. These were not new laws. People were like, oh, the FTC disclosure laws. Yeah, the ones that passed when Theodore Roosevelt was president that's when they passed. They just said, here's how this applies to internet marketing. That's all they did. They just basically clarified them for the internet age. And so they came along and they said, if you're going to promote something and you're you're getting paid, you just need to disclose it. Now there's a built-in disclosure. If I hand you a business card and say, hi, I'm Matt McWilliams and I represent such and such paper company, would you like to buy... Five thousand pieces of paper for your business. It's a there's a built-in connection and understanding that I'm probably getting paid something if you buy those five thousand pieces of paper. Right? We all know that salespeople are paid on some level of commission. When you go to a car dealership, the person doesn't the the car dealership the the car salesman doesn't have to go. Yes, and and Flavia, by the way, uh, if you buy this car, just want to let you know that I will receive. Uh, you know. Uh, compensation for it. thats it's, it's implied. We all understand that. Society understands it. Society doesn't understand because you're posting about something, you're necessarily getting paid. So they said, you have to disclose that. Now, something like Twitter, you got now what 280 characters, 288, something like that. You can't write and you can't write at the end of every tweet if you purchase through my affiliate, my link, I will receive an affiliate commission, blah, 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 blah. It would take up all 280 characters. So they said, okay, you need to do something. And hashtag affiliate is enough. So at the end of social media posts, a simple hashtag affiliate suffices. They have there are they've written out examples. I've been fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to look at it, to get to spend 16 hours with two FTC attorneys. And a court reporter who kept calling pay-per-click marketing, paperclip marketing in the deposition. Guess I've been sued by the FTC. It's a very long story. And they ended up dropping it because they didn't have anything on me. It was a competitor who reported me for doing something I didn't do. Long, long story. Won't even get, that's back in 2011. And so I learned all this stuff. Here's what they're looking for. Did you make an effort? Were you trying to completely hide the fact that you get any compensation for this? So hashtag affiliate on social media is perfectly acceptable. Otherwise on web pages, I like to make it funny. So I'm in the affiliate marketing industry. So I put like, if you go to my toolbox page, for example, go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash toolbox, you can click on it. And it says at the top, like all of my, rec- I don't remember exactly what it says, but all of my recommendations, some or some of the links you'll see on this page are affiliate links. That means I earn a commission. I teach this stuff. What the heck did you expect that does not affect my endorsement of these products? You know, So if you can make it funny, you know, put something like, Hey, if you purchase through my link, not only will you get this extra bonus, there's a little tip for you, by the way, offer bonuses. If they purchase through your link, we can talk about that if you want, but not only do you get this extra bonus, but I earn a commission, not enough to buy my own private Island in Tahiti, but Enough to potentially, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. So you can make it funny if that's your brand. If your brand's not funny, then just state the obvious. But yeah, as long as you just make an effort to disclose, it's not a problem at all.
0: I wonder if I'm the only person listening to you that when you said, um, if you are a paper salesman and you sell paper, and by the way, the paper, paper, paper clip versus paper clip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's cracking me up. But
1: 500 times in that deposition. And I had to tell her to correct every one of them.
0: <laughs> the paper- <laughs> I totally thought of uh, Dunder Mifflin
1: and... Uh, oh, that's funny because I'm drinking from a Dwight Schrute mug right now.
0: Oh, got to love that. That is amazing.
1: That says false. And then on the backside is a, just a, is Dwight's tie with his badge, his Dunder Mifflin badge. <laughs>
0: that's a perfect mug right there for sure. Yeah. So affiliate marketing, this is what you do. But what exactly mm-hmm. other than doing affiliate marketing yourself... Are you teaching it? I know you have your podcast. Like, how did you where you are now? And how did you become so deeply entrenched in this world? I mean, there had to be a moment where you knew nothing about affiliate marketing. And then there was this journey. And now you are known as like the expert guy. So, how did that journey look for you?
1: Kind of indirect. The reality is, I thought when I got into kind of the online blogging, podcasting world, I thought that. My passion was leadership and personal development. So I had a blog, same website com, for a few years. What I realized was my passion was really helping people start and grow their online businesses. And uh, I had people for years saying, "Matt, you got to teach this affiliate stuff. You got to pe- teach people all this stuff you know about how to run affiliate programs and, you know, you've you've run all these big launches and, you know, we like like you said at the beginning, we've worked with some of the biggest names in in the world, you know, Brian Tracy, Lewis Howes, Jeff Walker, Tony Robbins, Michael Hyatt. I mean, the the list goes on and on. You got to teach this stuff now. You got to teach people how to run their affiliate programs because I built my first affiliate program from nothing out of desperation into a million dollar a month affiliate program in less than 18 months. You know, you got to teach people how to do that. You got to teach people how to do the affiliate marketing. These people who there's so many people out there, like this is what the book is all about. Like there are so many people out there. They are passionate every day when they wake up They're like, Matt, I'm changing the world. I'm having an impact on people, but I'm not making any money. So I can't keep doing it. And so we see so many people like the world is losing out on their message. And it's whatever it is, it's an important message. But if you're not making any money, you can't sustain it. So they're Matt, you got to teach people. And I said, I don't want to be the affiliate guy. I don't want to be the affiliate guy. Like I no man. I got bigger plans. I'm going to be Tony Robbins. I want to, I want to, I want to change the world. I can't change the world doing affiliate stuff. I don't want to be the affiliate guy. And so I said it over and over. There's a reason why my podcast is named the affiliate guy. It's because one evening I had helped, uh, I was walking down the stairs and I had helped my friend, Dana Abraham. She's in the parenting niche. She had a course called calm the chaos. A couple of weeks before her launch, I said, like, Dana, do you need help with this thing? Like, it sounds like you're kind of struggling with your affiliates. She's like, yes, I said, okay, and this is a couple of weeks before the program. You normally don't, don't, don't work with a client inside of eight months, okay? But I said, you're a friend. Can I just help you? You know, maybe I can help optimize this thing. Your last launch was $125,000. Maybe I can get you to like one seventy-five, dollars and I'll help you out a little bit. And so I came in and I helped her out, coached her affiliates, did some trainings with them, had some calls with them, did what we do. This is, what I, this is my jam. You know, this is the same stuff we've done for all these other people. And I helped her out. And yeah, she went from $125,000 launch to over a $300,000 launch. And I'm like, man, that's great impact. I helped all these people. You know, we helped one affiliate. She had a goal of five sales. She made over 40. Helped an affiliate who the previous launch had made zero sales, made 17. Helped another affiliate go from 30 to over 70. You know, we helped all these entrepreneurs, people who had made two sales before they made 10, you know, things like that. And I helped her go from 125 to 300,000. And so my mind went to like, who did I help? I helped entrepreneurs. I helped my people. I helped her. I helped these other entrepreneurs. And then I was walking down the stairs one night. And we'd had one of those bedtimes, Flavia, where it's like one of the dream bedtimes for parents where both kids were nice to each other. It was peaceful. It didn't take forever, but it still, you know, we had those moments and both kids gave me a big hug. And I left my daughter's room and I started, I got halfway down the stairs and it hit me like a ton of brick and I, uh, bricks. And I said, oh my gosh, there are other parents tonight having this same feeling because of what I did. I don't teach parenting. I'm not a parenting expert. I just helped a bunch of entrepreneurs do better at affiliate marketing. Can you think of anything that could impact the world less than teaching affiliate marketing and helping someone run an affiliate program? I, I can't. It was what I did is not that monumental. It wasn't even hard for me. I could have done it in my sleep. I only spent like an hour and a half a day helping her out for four weeks. I didn't even spend the eight, nine months, a year that we usually spend with clients, I barely scratched the surface of what I can do. And it completely changed the lives of hundreds of parents and potentially thousands of children. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what being the affiliate guy is. So that name, the affiliate guy, that podcast, it's actually it has nothing to do with branding. It's become a brand. You know, people introduce me all the time. They send emails. They're like, you got to know Matt. He's the affiliate guy. I didn't, I wish I could say I was really smart and did that on purpose. It was actually I named it that because it's a reminder every single day of what when all those years that I said, I don't want to be the affiliate guy. I can't make an impact doing this little thing. That that's why I named it that was it was a reminder to me. And so that's how I ended up getting here was I developed a skill, I developed some systems and some ideas and some strategies around, you know, how to build and grow, you know, start, grow, and build an affiliate program, how to, you know, help affiliates, how to teach affiliates. And then uh, it it became a business.
0: That's amazing. What a great story. I mean, I've always found that the hardest thing about being really good at what you do um, and sort of reaching the top of of your niche or industry is that everybody then wants you to help them. And so you get pulled in a lot of directions. A lot of offers are made for clients. People want you to work with them. And it's really hard to sort of not start losing all of your free time where you're no longer able to do that good night routine because you're working on like 10 new accounts that came in and, you know, 10 mm-hmm. new for clients. How do you stay sane? Because clearly you prioritize family for yourself, right? And your time with your family. But what do you do? Because it's hard to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of demands on our time. And when you're good, I feel like there's even more demands.
1: You know, for me, really it comes down to communication. We're in a very busy season right now. Like I am, I'm doing three, four podcast interviews a day for this book launch. We're doing, you know, I'm running, uh, we've hired three new people this year. So we've grown our agency from two to, you know, five affiliate managers. Uh, We're taking all the knowledge out of my head and putting it into the heads of, into playbooks and, you know, our revenues skyrocketing and, and the, I mean, just everything in the business is, is growing. The number of clients, the number of team members, my responsibilities, the dreams on my time. You know, I used to have, I used to be so proud. I had three hours of meetings a week. I'm in meetings almost 20 hours a week. And then I'm in interviews and things like that, 15. I don't have a lot of time to work. So I have to make that time. My family knows I communicated with them in advance. Hey, this is going to be a busy season. Work-life balance is a, is a misnomer. It's it's a myth. In fact, I think it's a fallacy. You don't want work and life to be balanced 365 days a year. That's impossible. You're going to have busy seasons. So what does that look like for for me and my family? It looked like I have a few hard rules. I don't miss our kids' games. The only games I miss are when the other kid has a game at the same time in a different location. You know, I will miss that. When my daughter has a game in Ohio and my son has a game in town because he's only seven, so he doesn't travel yet, I will miss my daughter's game. You know, that's just reality. But I don't miss games. That's number one. Uh, number two, I don't miss anything, you know, other important things. I don't miss birthdays or, you know, even like our their cousin's birthdays and stuff like that. Like I'm here for the family functions. And then the third hard rule that I have is in the middle of the year and at the end of the year, roughly, I take a couple of weeks off. And then I take a week off around my my wife and I's anniversary. That's it. Like, but if you think about that, like we just came off this. I was with my wife. We went on our anniversary for five days. It went into a holiday. So I had about 10 days off. And I spent, I didn't work a bit. I mean, literally the extent of my work was I sent a text message to our operations manager and said, hey, I forgot to tell you about such and such. Can you please take care of it? Boom, done. Didn't take my computer. Don't travel. I don't travel with my computer. It doesn't mean you don't travel with your computer. You can travel with your computer. All I don't care. I don't, you know, because when I'm not working, I'm not working. Like there is zero work being done. I might work 10, 12 hours. I might work 60 hours a week. But if I'm off next week, I'm not working at all. It is zero there's like no gray area there. And so the communication side, they know this is a busy season for Daddy. This is a busy season for her husband. Like for 5 or 6 weeks I'm going to be working more. And then at the end of that period like when this book launches, the end of book launch week, we leave 2 days later and we go to Florida and then we go to the you know we go to Orlando and then we go to the beach. And we're gone for 2 weeks and I will not take the computer. And so it really comes down to communication. If you communicate to your family, that this is a busy season, when we're running a big launch and it's cart closed day and daddy's up there while mommy's reading a story you know, to you and daddy's texting with an affiliate, that's not a normal thing. That happens five, six days a year, but they're not going, what's daddy doing? No, I communicated it actually weeks in advance, then reminded them and then reminded them again, because they're seven and 11. So they forget and reminded them again, like this is how life's going to be for a very short period of time. And then it's going to be completely back to normal. So I think at the end of the year, when you look at it, you know, I take six, seven weeks off a year. Uh, I don't miss my kids' games. I'm, I don't miss any other important events. I never work the day before, the day of, or the day after their birthdays. I'm off for Like, when you look at that and you go, at the end of the year... That's a win. You know, that's a win. You can, I don't even know if my microphone's picking up my son, but he's really excited about something and yelling upstairs right now. So I'll go up and find out what it is in a second. And that's the other thing is like, we get the opportunity to spend a lot of time just periodically during the day.
0: That's amazing. Tell us about this book. So this is this next big launch. Um, Tell us about the book. When does it come out? What's it about? What's the title?
1: Yeah. So it's called Turn Your Passions into Profits. Um, This has been a, a journey of about eight years. You know, I, the idea originally was eight years ago again, because what I have, I have found in my experience, coaching and working with over 300,000 entrepreneurs, basically they, they tend to fall in one of two areas. You know, the first side is like, they're super passionate about, I mentioned this earlier. They're super passionate about what they're doing. They're making an impact. Uh, This is where I was for a couple of years. Like I was changing the world. I was getting emails, Matt, your idea changed my life and my family and blah, blah, blah. And then on the flip side, I wasn't making any money. So I couldn't keep doing it. The other side is like, they're making the good money. They're successful. They've got employees. Their business is going well. They're not passionate about what they're doing. They've lost their passion for what they're doing. And I'm like, does it have to be that way? Does everybody have to fall into one of those two extremes? What if you could have both? And so really the entire purpose, the entire premise, I should say, of the book hinges on one belief. And that is that the world needs your message. Like we're all messengers now you are a messenger. Messengers are defining this new economy. Like the economy is so different than it was just 10 years ago. It's different than it was three years. It's different than it probably going to be in about five minutes. Like the economy is going to shift in five minutes. By the time this airs, the economy will have changed. That's the reality. And so we're always going to have this, you know, like we're always going to have the things going on, the societal pressures. We're always going to have bills to pay. We're always going to have People calling us, you know, the crazy dreamers and the naysayers and all that, the the our comfort zone, you know, telling us that we can never make a difference. But listen, the world needs your message, but it's not gonna wait passively or patiently for it. The world needs your message, but it's gonna move on without it. And so the whole book hinges on the belief that there are potentially hundreds of thousands of you and millions of people in the world, like desperately waiting for you to share your message. But if you don't share it, they're going to go find somebody else. And so it takes you through from step one to step 10, how to clarify who you help. You know, I talked about earlier, I thought my passion was leadership and personal development. Nope, totally different. We figured out it was completely different. So how to get clear on your passion, how to be a leader, how to commit to leading, how to capture that attention from people, You know, it's a noisy world. I write about in the book, like one of the quotes that's kind of stood out with everybody is getting noticed has never been easier, but standing out's never been harder. You know, they, they go like, it's a, it's an indirect correlation, right? Or direct correlation, getting noticed, easy, standing out hard. It used to be really easy to stand out in your hometown. If you could throw a football or something, but today who cares? Standing out is really hard. Getting noticed has never been easier. Uh, then we convert them into, you know, subscribers. We build that community. We become a hero to our audience. We create raving fans. And then the last three steps are super important because we got to condition our audience. We have to teach them what we expect them to do. Hey, we expect you to open the emails, read them, click on links. Buy stuff periodically. And then we commit to monetizing. We've got to turn this into a profitable venture. We can't continue to do it very long. I mentioned you're going to burn out one side or the other. So we talked about affiliate marketing. So chapter nine, step nine is, is a very late, like we talk tons of stuff, cover all the myths, why you should start how to get started, why people buy, how to do copywriting? a bunch of other stuff in in step nine about monetizing. And then the final step is all about content creation. Just how do we keep that content engine going so we can continue to attract new people, uh, the purpose of content, what it is and what it isn't, and how to come up with new ideas for content and create it. Um, So that's the whole path of the book. It takes you straight down through all the steps from kind of this idea of this message you have down into a profitable business that can sustain for the long-term.
0: How do people find this book? So share with us, for people that are listening that are feeling super inspired, super motivated, wanna get their hands on that book and learn from you, where do they go?
1: Yeah, the best place is passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash Flavia. So passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash F-L-A-V-I-A. Uh, you can get it anywhere. You can go to Amazon, uh, Target, Walmart. I mean, if they sell books, they sell my book. You know, they sell this one. You know, it's being published by my. If you look at my bookshelf, my my dream publisher. Like half the books on my bookshelf are, are by my publisher, uh, and then the distributors, the the largest publisher in the world, which is Penguin Random House. So I mean, we got some big, you know, big stuff behind it. Uh, you can buy it anywhere, but the best place is there. passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash Flavia because we've got. Tons of special bonuses there for your listeners. Just, I mean, guess there's so much stuff. We got a, an email marketing masterclass that you get. Like you don't have to pay any extra for these. Step one, we go, we go through the exercise on creating your ideal customer avatar we've actually got a training that's a bonus that walks you through more of the detail on that. Got a QA call, bunch of other stuff that you can get there. There's just tons of extra bonuses you get. So go there because that's going to be the best way to get the book and make sure you get all the extra bonuses as well.
0: Well, so generous of you. Thank you so much for setting up mm-hmm. that link so that listeners can go and enjoy the book and also take advantage of the bonuses and just learn this area of entrepreneurship that is so important. It's one where, you know, you sit down any entrepreneur and if you if you lay out their business and there isn't a nice chunk of it devoted to affiliate marketing, they're like missing, you know, a huge chunk, right? That's a big gap. Yep. So, um, you know, get on this for sure. Matt, as always, so great to speak with you. You are amazing at what you do. Again, like you mentioned, you help so many people by helping the entrepreneurs who are out there spreading these amazing messages, whether they teach parenting or fitness or whatever it might be, by promoting them, you are getting that message further out into the world. And that's what it's all about these days. It's just making this world a better place, helping kind of elevate humanity and our experience here Mm -hmm. on this planet. And for all of that, I thank you very much for the service that you're doing.
1: Well, thank you, Flavia. Thanks for having me.
0: Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast,